From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. As 2021 comes to an end, most of us are winding down, or at least trying to. But in Canberra, the contest is just beginning. With an election on the horizon, both the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and Labor leader, Anthony Albanese, have started pitching for votes. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on what we'll see as both leaders fight for their political future. It's Friday, December 10. Okay, so you're ready and rolling, Paul. I'm also rolling. So should we have our last conversation of 2021? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, God, doesn't time fly when you're having fun? (laughs) It does. And I'm sure in no time at all, the federal election will be upon us. The date hasn't been announced yet, Paul, but it certainly feels like we are in full campaign mode. Is that what it's felt like to you this week? It certainly does, Ruby. And uh, last Sunday, we saw the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, in full election mode at the Bathurst 1000 race. Inspecting the V8s and making his pitch about what the new year would hold for voters. Unbelievable, isn't it? Well, it's great. I think my fingernails are still, you know, you can see the mark from last time. Thankfully, we're in a different car this time, mate. But it's a real thrill to be driving along here with you. I have to say, he didn't look particularly comfortable strapped into a Mustang travelling at 200 kilometres an hour. Can't see a thing and you're right at 220 <laughs> kilometres an hour. Down the hill, whoa! <laughs> he stumbled over his words but maximised the opportunity, saying he wasn't looking through the rear view mirror. We're not looking in the re- um, in, into the, into the rear view through the rearview mirror, we're looking through the front windscreen going into 2022, and I think that today's a great example of that. So I think that's great. So, no doubts, Morrison is in full campaign mode. And meanwhile, back in Western Sydney, Labor was finally unveiling a key election policy. After holding his fire for the past two years, Anthony Albanese released his party's climate targets and planned to get there. Ready to go. Thanks very much for joining me. And this is something that a lot of people have been eagerly awaiting, Paul, especially since the coalition's targets seem to be pretty out of step with the science and even what some business groups are saying now. So what did Labor announce? Well, Ruby, Labor has promised a 43% emissions reduction by 2030. Today, I announce Labor's plan to create jobs, cut power bills boost renewables and reduce emissions. Uh, Anthony Albanese acknowledged it was a modest policy, uh, and it is modest, Ruby. It's a modest policy. We don't pretend uh, that it's uh, a, a radical policy. It's a consistent policy. It's below the target of three state Liberal governments who have all committed to 50% by 2030 or higher. But it's higher than the forecast 35% that Scott Morrison projected at the Glasgow Climate Summit he might be lucky enough to achieve. So how does Labor say that they will go about achieving this target, poll? The plan essentially relies on a rollout of renewable energy to drive down emissions from the energy sector. It also involves imposing pollution limits on the 215 largest polluting businesses. 
it will unlock $52 billion of private sector investment in Australian industries. It will see electricity prices fall from the current level by $275 for households by 2025. Albanese says the cost to the budget over the Ford estimates is almost $700 million, but it will create 604,000 new jobs, he says, by 2030, with most of them in regional areas. It's the right plan for Australia going forward. It's the plan that acknowledges what business wants. It's the plan that acknowledges that the world economy is demanding this. As the... And it's been welcomed, as Albanese never tires of saying, by the leading business and industry groups, the Australian Council of Trade Unions and the National Farmers Federation. Right, so it sounds like there is quite a bit of support for the plan, Paul, and business is on board. But what about environmentalists and what about the Greens? Because surely they're going to be disappointed with this target, with a emissions reduction target of 43% by 2030. Well, you're not wrong there, Ruby. The Greens are particularly unimpressed. The more that we learn about Labor's climate policy, uh, the worse it becomes. Labor is now... Okay. Their leader, Adam Bant, condemned Labor's target, describing it as a recipe for climate collapse. That's a recipe for climate collapse, and the Greens are going to have to push to fix that. They're pushing for a 75% cut by 2030, in line with what the Science and Climate Council is calling for. Now, that's something Scott Morrison has jumped on, claiming that if Labor wins, they'll do a deal with the Greens to implement a higher target. I mean, for Labor to legislate, if they were to form government, they would have to do that with the support of the Greens. So 43% is just the opening bid from Labor. He constructed a scenario where the Greens in the Senate would demand their target when Labor came to legislate. Um, and, you'll do, and you know what the Greens' target is? It's 75%. So vote Labor, you vote Greens, and you vote for the Greens' targets. But Labor's essentially cut the Greens out, saying there's no way they'd ever do such a deal with the Greens again. I mean, we'll say to the Parliament, there's the target. We're not negotiating about it. We're not changing it. We're not amending it. And the proposition was tersely rejected by Chris Bowen at the National Press Club. Uh, is that 43% negotiable if, if it requires the support of the Greens, for example? No. Very succinct. Thank you. <laughs> the Labor shadow minister went so far as to say that while legislation was preferred, the party would simply regulate it as the government is doing with its weaker target. OK, so Labor has unveiled a climate policy that business is happy with, but climate scientists and the Greens say goes nowhere near close enough to address global warming. So what is it that is driving Labor to this position, Paul? Is this just about politics and about the upcoming election? Yep, that's it, Ruby. This is Labor's strategy. Not adopting any radical positions, offering a more conservative, less scary platform hoping to skate into government on the back of the scandals and disunity afflicting the coalition. Albanese says he's sick of Labor losing elections. We'll be back after this. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read POST, a free daily newsletter 
bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloan Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Paul, Labor leader Anthony Albanese has spent the last two years adopting a pretty small target approach. She hasn't put forward any particularly visionary or bold policy ideas, and we've seen that pattern repeat with this latest climate policy announcement. Can you tell me more about why it is that he's adopting this strategy and how he's hoping that this is going to play out for him? Well, Labor was caught out badly last time. It was lulled into a false sense of security by three years of leading in the opinion polls, only to be pipped at the post by a largely unknown new daggy dad prime minister. Scott Morrison offered nothing much except he wouldn't tax people to death and was able to paint Shorten's measures to pay for his policies as a massive and disruptive tax grab. Well, this term, Labor again has mainly led the coalition. But in Anthony Albanese, it doesn't have a charismatic, exciting personality leading it. Well, just as it didn't really with Bill Shorten. And in this sense, small target is Albanese's only real option. You know, picking a few key grounds like job security, climate, government integrity and women's status. This is seen as a safer route to victory. But most of all, it keeps the focus squarely on the government. Albanese is determined to keep Morrison accountable for the shambles the coalition has become. So I guess the big question then, Paul, for Labor is, will this small target strategy work for Anthony Albanese? How is it looking at the moment? Well, if the latest news poll is any guide, voters have a very negative perception of both the major party leaders on offer But Morrison no longer has a clear edge on Albanese. In fact, since February, satisfaction with Morrison's performance has fallen off a cliff. He's plunged 40 points to a negative rating of 8. The Labour leader, on the other hand, had a negative rating of 7 in February, uh, which has barely changed to minus 6. Now, when it comes to the party vote, Labour has led the government by 6 to 8 points since mid-year. So Morrison is heading into the election year in a grim place. In fact, marginally grimmer than he did in 2019 before pulling off his miracle win. And I guess that's the point here, Ruby. Back in 2019, things looked strong for Bill Shorten and Labor, but we all know what happened. So while Morrison is ending the year on the ropes, there's still a way to go. And Albanese certainly isn't counting his chickens. Right, and so... If Labor is able to neutralise the climate issue like it's clearly trying to, then what are the key election issues likely to be, Paul? Can you describe the battleground to me, what we're going to see for the next few months? Morrison wants to make the economy the key battleground, and on that score, 
next year is looking like we'll be in a strong recovery. Australians going in to the post-COVID recovery phase, Mr Speaker, we must ensure we secure that economic recovery, Mr Speaker, and that's why we are the party not just of lower taxes but... Labor too believes the economy is key, but it's homing in on insecure work and stagnating wages. We'll have secure work at the centre of our agenda. Secure work, dealing with issues like casualisation, dealing with people who are in the gig economy. The latest JWS research on key issues finds cost of living is far and away the biggest concern for voters. But the fate of the planet and integrity in government are also burning issues. Mm. And it's been a huge year, Paul. I'm pretty glad to see the end of 2021. It's been tough for a lot of people. But when it comes to federal politics, it seems like next year is going to be even more intense as we build up to the election. So how do you think our politicians are feeling? In a word, Ruby, nervous. The Labor backbench, I'd have to say, is more upbeat, but very wary given what happened last time. The government backbench, on the other hand, is a bit more downcast, with many doubting Morrison can perform another miracle. If for no other reason, voters have had three years to get to know him. So when he comes back from holidays, Morrison knows he's in for the fight of his life. Paul, as always, it's been a pleasure talking to you today and throughout the entire year. I hope you have a lovely break. What have you got planned? Well, I'm hoping to have a restful time and a swim in the ocean up in Queensland, keeping my fingers crossed on that. So you have a good break too, Ruby, and I look forward to catching up with you next year. Bye. Thanks, Paul. Bye. You can read Paul's final column for the year in the Saturday paper next week. For our final episode of 7am next Friday, we'll have a special episode on the news that defined 2021. Sloane Crosley is known for her funny and acerbic personal essays, but her new memoir digs much deeper to examine the loss of her best friend. Join me, Michael Williams, as I chat with Sloane about Grief is for People. Find it wherever you listen. Also in the news today, the Deputy Prime Minister and Nationals leader Barnaby Joyce has tested positive for COVID-19. Barnaby Joyce, who is fully vaccinated, got tested for the virus after experiencing mild symptoms shortly after arriving in the United States. The Nationals MP is isolating in his hotel room in Washington. And the New Zealand government has announced a plan to ban young people from ever being able to purchase tobacco. As part of the government's new smoke-free action plan, which intends to make the country free of smokers by 2025, people aged 14 and under will never be able to legally purchase tobacco. In Parliament on Thursday, the New Zealand Associate Health Minister said, we want to make sure that young people never start smoking. 7am is a daily show from the Monthly and the Saturday Paper. It's produced by Elle Marsh, Cara Jensen-McKinnon, Anu Hasbold and Alex Gow. Our senior producer is Ruby Schwartz and our technical producer is Atticus Basto. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. 
Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. I'm Ruby Jones. See you next week.